Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Business Consulting. Each week we chat with amazing guest experts all aimed at helping you grow your VA business. So sit back, grab a cuppa and tune in for a fun-filled episode. Welcome listeners to this episode of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. And it's thrilling to be back with you again for episode number, hang on while I look at my trusty spreadsheet, which says it's episode number 37. How about that, Joe? 37 episodes. It's, well, who would have thought it way, way, way back last year when we first had a conversation about the podcast at um, the PA show? Yeah. And funnily enough, I've just been booking in this morning as, as Joe, as you will have seen, because I've sent you some invites to the various meetings to record. And I've just booked in a whole swathe of um, interview appointments. And when they are scheduled, we have guests going right up to the 14th of June. And which takes us over a year, which I think is just amazing. But listeners, we have an apology to make to you today. We recorded the interview that you're going to hear shortly with the wonderful Susie Flynn back on the 5th of January. And on that day, Jo had some really nasty issues with her microphone. And we only really realized how bad it was when we listened back to the recording for editing purposes. So we decided to re-record this introduction and also the summing up at the end. Uh, We couldn't redo the interview itself. That would have just been a huge amount of inconvenience for Susie. And I didn't want to do that. But it's fine. The interview itself, it's only when Joe asks the question that, it goes a little bit wonky, for want of a better word. Is that a good description, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. No idea what happened because it, it was just one of those technical gremlins on the day, I believe. But. I know, I know. We all have them. We all have the best played, best laid plans of mice and men, as they say. Yeah. So, uh, so listeners, we do apologise for the sound quality. Um, of Joe's segment, Um, I should reiterate that Susie sounds absolutely fine. So you will get all the wonderful nuggets that she is going to share. But in the meantime, as we are recording this a couple of weeks after we recorded the interview, what have you been up to in the meantime, Joe? Well, I've been onboarding my first VA. And yes, yes, I... um, I've decided to work with a VA at this stage. It's only five hours a month, but uh, we've started to work together. um, And at the moment, she's clearing out and reorganizing my diary and my inbox. And um, we had a meeting yesterday and she's given me a list of jobs to do. (gasps) Oh, gosh. (laughs) How does that feel? actually feels quite good because there's somebody who is more skilled at diary management than me uh, um just not taking control but has brought in some amazing sort of tips it's things like the first question I was asked was what does your day look like what do you want it to look like and having never worked with a PA myself before it was quite um, an odd question yeah. and we had to look and now I've got blocks of time and I've learned about show busy and show for markers for different things in yeah. my diary and oh yeah just lovely just just yeah yeah I, I use the to, to, to just to reiterate what Joe meant by that there with the show mark show markers when you set up a meeting or an appointment whichever one it is in your diary in Outlook then Outlook will default to whatever setting you have given it and that could be to show the time as busy to show it as free to show it as tentative or to show it as out of the office and what that means is your exchange which controls your calendar let's say that I send Joe a meeting request and she has her meetings in the diary and they are marked as busy then 
I wouldn't be able to book time with her because her, her diary is fully booked, especially when you're working internally. It, it works more for internal management. So if I've got somebody at tomorrow's, uh, else at tomorrow's VA, so Veronica at tomorrow's VA has an appointment in her diary, which is busy. When I try to use the scheduling assistant to book an appointment with her, it won't let me because it will show her time as busy. Yeah. So I won't be able to pick that time. And you can set the default in, in Outlook options as to the, in the calendar options as to whether it, it defaults to busy time or free time. Mm. So if you've got something marked on your calendar, for example, when we record the podcasts, I have a recurring meeting on my calendars on the Tuesdays and Thursdays that we allocate for podcast recording, but it's not shown as busy. It's shown as free. That means there's a marker in my calendar and it's categorized so that I can see it by color. And when I go open up my calendar, I can see that that day is allocated to podcast recording. However, um, it will allow our booking system to book in the interviews because it's free. If I'd marked it as busy, then it wouldn't let anybody ever book an interview. That was a revelation when I learned about that, because in my diary, I have things like um, one of my boys has a Zoom class once a week and I put it in my diary as a reminder but of course, I never realized before that it would block you from booking an appointment with me. Yeah. So now I know. So I've been able to go back and show that as free. So it still shows as a marker. Yeah. And that was a, a huge learning point for me. Yeah. So I'm going to go back and review all of these reminder appointments that I've put for myself and, and do that. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. It's it's a, it's a it's it's one of those things that we can assume that people know about it and then find out that people don't. So it's something I always show when I'm teaching meeting, uh, you know, creating appointments and meetings in Outlook. I always show that, that you really need to pay attention to that little drop down arrow at the top. Yeah. But that's that's a top tip for today, folks. Yeah, meeting, meeting, meeting busy free time in your Outlook calendar yeah, and yeah. you know there'll be plenty of people who know about that but I'm sure there'll be many more people like you Joe, that didn't really know that no I, I genuinely didn't and you know I've used Outlook for years and years and years but it, it, it's taken a skilled person who specializes in this to kind of fix it for me and, and teach me something so yeah. yeah yeah the powers of working with a VA hey how about that absolutely absolutely <laughs> And uh, so what I've been up to recently is um, this is going out on uh, the date. This one's going out. It's actually the 1st of February. So it's only a week or so away. So my new website went live yesterday, folks. And I'd, I'd love it if you want to go over and have a look at tomorrowsva.com uh, and let me know what you think about it, because I love it. And I think it's just much more streamlined. And uh, it, it, uh, it says what we do. Um, more succinctly I think than before well it was always good but I think it's just brilliant now so I'm very excited about that um, I've been asked by Book Boon to write six more books so that's going to keep me a bit busy I've got loads of um, Microsoft Teams virtual live training in the diary now so I'm a busy bee and of course my perfect PowerPoint creation course is beginning to take shape. So, um, so yeah, so uh, I'm a happy bunny at the moment. We're, we're both keeping busy. Yep. It's, it's really good. And our lockdown here in Israel has been extended for 10 days. So we're still in lockdown up to the 31st of January now. So we're just hoping that it doesn't get extended beyond that. Um, but they should start now to see the reduction in cases because a lot of people now have had the second dose of vaccination, certainly in the older age group. And um, they're starting to vaccinate younger and younger people now. So hopefully it, we should be able to see light at the end of the tunnel here but it's just such a logistical nightmare it makes me shiver thinking about how to organize it all so yeah thankfully I don't have that job yes <laughs> you would, you're glad you're not managing that project hey <laughs> uh, oh absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah okay well I think we've waffled enough and I think it's time for us to bring the interview with Susie Flynn on Susie is uh 
used to be an executive assistant and she now helps executive assistants become virtual assistants and she coaches she is a coach and mentor and we've had many coaches and mentors on the podcast and it, which I think is fantastic because we are also different and they are also different. So it's about finding the right mentor, the right coach for you. So it'd be really lovely for you to hear Susie's story and her top tips. So I'm going to go and cue that up now. See you in a minute. Welcome listeners back to the podcast um, after Joe and I had our little preamble chat before. And now we have the wonderful Susie Flynn with us. And I'm not going to give Susie an introduction. I'm going to let her introduce herself. So tell our listeners who you are and what you do, Susie. Thank you, Shelley, so much. And it's a pleasure to join you and Joe today on this, uh, this week's pod- podcast. So yeah, my name is Susie, uh, Susie Flynn from Susie Flynn Coaching. I was an executive assistant, personal assistant, worked in the assistant industry for 22 years until a few years ago, back in January 2017 now, where I started my coaching business. And I now work as a mindset and business coach for executive assistants, helping them and supporting them figure out the how of getting clients for their virtual assistant business. So I help them with the mindset, but a lot of it is about the business, how to build a business and attract their dream clients. Ooh, I, we all want to know that, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, whatever sphere you're in. So I'm not a VA, as you know, listeners, I'm, a, I'm an IT trainer, um, but I am a virtual business owner. So I also have the same issues that virtual assistants have, because we all want clients, and we all want our dream clients to come along. And, uh, and it's really interesting how we all have different ways of finding them. But I suspect most of us do a lot of the same or similar things. So do you want to tell, Susie, I've, I've looked on your website and read your story about how you, catal- something, there was a catalyst for you. There was a catalyst, yes. Do you want to tell our listeners about that? Because one, yeah. one of the things that, that we found is our listeners love the personal stories yeah. and, and hearing what made people do what they do. Exactly. People do relate to stories. Stories are like, you know, thousands of centuries of years old that you know stories are so powerful um so my story my background is that as i mentioned i was an assistant for 22 years um went into london when i was 19 and um lived in hertfordshire at the time in the uk and um many many years passed and it was around 2000 and yeah 2013 where I have to say it was probably the most challenging year of my life. Um, I sadly lost my mom in the April and my dad in the November. I didn't realize it at the time. I was working incredibly hard, keeping down a full-time PA job in London, doing a degree in psychology. But I was also suffering from mental health issues, stress, depression, anxiety, (laughs) trying to hold everything together. Um, but my catalyst really came when my employer put me through a disciplinary for poor performance when I was struggling on my own and it got to a week before my dad sadly passed away and they basically pulled me out of the role and just said come back on the Monday morning and then my dad passed away a week later and it really allowed me the time to really think about what I wanted and, and what I was willing to tolerate and not tolerate. What did I want my life to look like? And I knew I wanted to leave a legacy for my parents. So I decided that was worth more, that there was something more to life than what I was experiencing. I'd always been interested in coaching and it so happened that my dad's neighbours introduced me to the coaching academy. Um, and I went along to their two day event uh, where I got an experience of what coaching is. And I signed up on the day realizing that, you know, I enjoyed being an, an assistant, but I really wanted to help um, just go to that deeper level. And one of the things that I really myself have experienced and I've seen is sort of the lack of confidence or self-belief that assistants sometimes don't have or, or have in that they don't really recognize their true potential because they're so busy looking after someone mm. else. So effectively, the catalyst for me was the loss of my parents and realizing that there had to be something more. I had to be able to give something back to the world, but in a more deeper transformational way. Um, I went through several niches and eventually settled on assistance and then into the virtual assistant route. In fact, Shelley, I did actually train as a virtual assistant with um, Joanne Monroe from... <laughs> 
BA handbookers. Yeah. But then I had this aha moment and I was like, I realized that actually I was just doing that out of fear and what I truly wanted to do was the coaching. And that's yeah. kind of where I am today. And I love, I love supporting my clients and, and showing them what's possible because so much is possible. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I've had coaches over the years since I set out in business. I've talked about this on other episodes and mm-hmm. having a great coach is a real benefit because a coach can see things that you can't see yourself having that outside pair of eyes looking in is really important and it's it's invaluable you 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 can't actually put a price on that and sometimes you don't realize what a coach has given you until you stop working with them and it's a while later and then you think hang on a minute that's what so-and-so said. Mm. (laughs) Powerful in the way that it gets like I I empower my clients to think in a different way. And because my clients have been in a corporate role or worked as an employee their whole life, like I had been. So for me, I get to give them a new perspective and help them shift, not, you know, their mindset, because it is, there is a mindset piece there. When you've only ever worked for someone else and that's all you've ever known, it takes a little while for it to kick in that you can design your day how you want to design it. You can choose your prices. You can choose when you go on holiday. You know, you have much more autonomy. Obviously, there are things to put in place in the business, but it's just a different, a different mindset completely. Yeah. Did you find that, Joe? when you, although you were a consultant, so were you freelancer or were you employed? I, I don't think I've ever asked you that. I, I spent the majority... And, my um, working career, um, freelance and contracting and consulting um, as a project manager before I, I sort of made the leap um, to a VA. And I'm kind of moving back to a consulting type role now. Um, I qualified as a data protection officer just before Christmas. So I've really started to move my business now back round into that but still operating virtually um so for me the freelance kind of contracting autonomy has always been there I, I worked sort of nine months then took a couple of months off spent a month looking for my next contract did nine months and that's how I lived my life for a very long time as a project manager yeah yeah so, so what tips have you got, Susie? What would be the, the, the main thing? If, so if we've got, we are getting traction. We are getting some executive assistants who are listening to the podcast, which is marvellous because the more assistants we reach, um, the better. And I think um, virtual assistant, personal assistant, executive assistant, at the end of the day, they're all the same thing. Um, they're all brilliant assistants and they all support their bosses. And uh, I'm going to come back to remind me to tell you about a thought I had about the West Wing. We were, we've been watching the West Wing and the assistants in the West Wing, I think, are amazing. But let's talk about that afterwards. So what tips would you have for any executive assistants that's beginning to think about shifting gear? And they're probably quite scared about how will they make ends meet? What will they do? And they'll they have to build their own structure as you said that's tough i think there can be a lot of fear i mean we can get in our own head quite easily all of us um around will i cover my bills will it work for me you know what if it doesn't work what do i do then so i think the first things first is be 100 percent sure that this is absolutely what you want okay before you invest in a coach or a mentor or any kind of training do your research and and also figure out your why what is your why for Mm -hmm in your business the why for me for my business is that um i want to empower empower assistants to know and understand that they have a choice they have a choice outside the nine to five that they are more than capable of building their own business with the right support so i think it's really just understanding what is your why what is your motivation is it to spend more time with your your young children is it to have more autonomy is it to be able to choose who your boss is it could be different things and a great book which i always recommend is start with why by simon sinek i think you might have read that from from what i can see um i haven't actually interestingly it's on my it i keep coming back to it but but i kind of know 
why I do what I do. You know you're right, then, then that's fantastic. But it's definitely a book that I recommend for those starting out. So firstly, know your why. Know, you know, that it's definitely what you want to do and know why you're doing it. Like, why are you getting out of bed in the morning? What's, what's keeping you going? What's motivating you? Because building a business is exciting, but it's also challenging. So yeah. you want to have something, a clear why, that's going to motivate you each day when you're going to have those bad days because you are, you're going to have bad days in the office. You can have bad days as a business owner. I can attest to that. I think the other things I would say is that the website doesn't need to be the first thing that comes along. And the reason I say this is because if you build out a beautiful website, spend loads of money on it and you haven't got any clients, then one, you've sent out money before you've got money coming in if you don't know who your exact dream ideal client is and what their pain points are, you're not writing to them. You're not addressing their pain points. And also you've got to get people to that website and you've got to get them to stay there. You've got to get them to look at the different pages. You've got to get them to click on the contact form. So there's lots of like action, little action steps that you need to get them to take. So I'd really say, Start with who is your dream client. So this is something I work on with my clients in my 12-week coaching program. Who is your ideal client? And we spend a couple of weeks working on this because there's a lot of resistance around ideal client and niching. Often assistants or business owners are like, well, I want to help everyone. But when you're helping everyone, it's very difficult to market your services because you're not clear. You're like, well, I can help you with this. I can help you with this. I always say to assistants, get clear on on what the service is that you're offering. I know that you're offering admin and that you're saving time. What does admin mean to you? What does it mean to your clients? What's it going to change for them? You know, what's keeping them up at night? Is it that they're not able to grow and scale their business because they're doing they're juggling all the balls in their business is it that their relationship with their wife or their children is affected because they're just hitting burnout because they're trying to do everything so really dig underneath the surface and really like do that research and figure out you know what your niche is it could be an industry it could be a type of person like my niche is executive assistance my niche is helping them build a virtual assistant business but really understand like what is keeping them up at night what would that ideal day look like you know why would they want to hire a va what's stopping them hiring a va and once you get clarity on this that will help inform you of what your dream clients need from you what you can offer how you can help them and then also you can then start building out the website so my program is designed so it's like goal setting personal branding and then we move into the niching and the ideal client so that so that the um the clients get clarity on you know where they're going they've got a journey they've got a process because I see so many assistants just start the website and they come to me again, I, I just don't know what to write on my website. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely really good advice because you, unless you know what your client needs, what they like, what they want, yeah. it's, it's really hard to make your message clear enough yeah. for them to act on it because it's, it's all very well having the message, but you want them to act on it. You want them to hire you. So it's re- that's that's really important. Did you find that, Joe? Because I know you've changed and you've niched and niched. I've niched and niched as well. Yeah. When I I, I made the classic, I, well, in a way, I didn't make the classic mistake. I basically um, my childcare collapsed overnight. So I went on to one of these really um, cheapy websites where you can create a business card. No thought, no nothing. I just created a business card and within 24 hours, I talked to people, you know, in the pub and in the cafes and in networking events. I'm doing this as a VA and that's it. No planning, no thought. Um, I had no marketing experience (laughs) and I just went for it. Um, I, my business is iterated. I've learned a huge amount about marketing. So I totally understand now where you're saying, Susie, about start with your why, start with who you want to work with. What do you, the other important thing I think, and this is something that I didn't take into account at the beginning was in your nine to five job, 
you have to do whatever comes across your plate as an assistant or, or as a project manager. When you work for yourself, you can choose. Oh yes, you can, and I love that word. Which of those tasks you like. So for example, I don't like diary management. I, I, there is no way on the, we, we've had, we, we spoke to a VA who does nothing but diary management. She loved it. She was talking to us about multiple diaries, multiple time zones, and I just was like, oh. but yeah. equally, if I had a conversation with her about GDPR and got really excited about that, she would just get the shivers. And it's about choosing not just your why, but out of your nine to five tasks, which ones you like, which ones you enjoy, and which ones you drop because yeah. you will be targeting a client that just needs those services or you partner with somebody else they do the diary management and you do the bit that you like or whatever that looks like yeah. i love what you're saying there joe and i'm a big fan of the word choice i do believe that we have a choice yeah. and it is that mindset and the mentality of if you've been an assistant for 10 20 30 years plus like one of my clients has been in uh, an EA for over in the assistant role for 33 years and mm -hmm. now she's like I want to do something of my own I want to create something on my own but when you've done something like that in that format and that structure for so long it's you do time. get into the mind mentality and the mindset of like you know well I'll do this I I'm good at this and I have to you know my coaching kind of coach them around that and say okay so you can do that, but what do you want to do? Like, what do you really want to do? Yeah. I talk and teach um, the, it, it's a, a model that I've adapted, but I call it the passion, value, profit triangle. So like, what are you passionate about? Okay, don't just offer something that you think your clients want. Okay, because if you're not passionate about it, you're not excited about it. It's like me saying to you, Joe, can you do diary management? You just die. You wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. <that's> it. <laughs> you, you've got to shift your mindset into thinking, or you, yeah. you get to shift your mindset into like what I always wanted to do, or what I want to do more of that I've really enjoyed in my career. So I love working with um, my assistants, my clients in the coaching sessions and breaking it down like. What is like your most exciting thing that you've ever done as an assistant and what excited you about it? It could be projects. Some people do like diary management, but I say to them out of a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most excited and one being the least, where are you? And then if they're not at least an eight, then I'm like, no, you know, what <laughs> you give you to get it from an eight to a nine? What's missing? Let's look at that piece. Um, and then obviously we've got the value, like where can we add the most value? And this comes from your skills, your experience, your talents, etc. And then we look at the profit, like what will make the most profit? Is it going to be like a retainer? Is it selling an ebook, etc.? You know, is it working for high net worth individuals versus this? Is it pricing your packages? So the passion, value, and profit is is it's a triangle, and it's really key to figuring out who you want to help how you want to help them and what services you're going to offer. Yeah, that's really, really important, I think. Really, really important. I know I, I get very excited when I'm helping somebody with PowerPoint or Word or Excel or Outlook or Teams or whatever it is within the Microsoft apps. And I get stupidly excited about silly things like discovering a new feature. Today, I've been editing video. I've been started recording my newest course, which will be out in a few weeks. Uh, it's a PowerPoint course. But I got stupidly excited today when I learned, because I had to watch a tutorial from Camtasia, the, the company that provides software, um, how to make my video move from there to there on the screen without having to split the video. I learned yeah. about a, a new kind of animation and I was like, ooh, I like, I'm nerdy. I like things like Yeah, I'm nerdy too. I mean, I, my big passions are like the subconscious mind. I love science. I love spirituality. I love the subconscious mind. I have a degree and an A-level in psychology. And it just um, also makes me think about my own virtual assistant. Um, I know what, what I'm good at. Like, I'm really good at sensing um, in between the lines and really sensing what a person's feeling and drawing that out and getting like pulling back the layers of the onion 
And um, when I hired my virtual assistant, I hired her because, well, one, I knew already, but two, she does tech and creative stuff. And yeah. I, hate, I hate tech. I hate it. I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for me, it allowed me to be in my zone of genius if you've read The Big Leap. Yeah. Um, instead of just like my zone of excellence. So you want to be in your zone of genius. It's where, you know, you naturally flow, where you, you do what you love doing all day, even if you didn't get paid. And my VA, Lisa, she gets to do the tech stuff, which she really enjoys doing, and I hate doing. So she does what she's passionate about, what she enjoys doing, where she can add value and make profit. And I do the same, but with my coaching and, and, and really feeding and sensing into what my clients need, what the underlying message is there that they're not saying. Like really honing in on my intuition to make sure they get the most support possible. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Exactly. Spot on. Yeah. So I want to go back to the West Wing. Yeah. Have you watched the West Wing, either of you? Uh, I, no, no, I've not seen it. You've one. never watched it. Joe, have you watched it? Never. It's never. really, it, okay. Um, when it was first on, just quite a long 2006 7 I think it was first on or something like that or maybe yeah. later than that um the, my first encounter with it was our son who at the time was doing his A-levels and he was doing a politics A-level and his tutor told him to watch an episode of the West Wing because he was doing American politics so that he'd understand and my husband once went up he's been very quiet doing his homework his homework was he watched all seven series of it in a week, like back to back. And he said he was told to watch The West Wing. That was thing. So we never watched it. And um, anyway, but because of lockdown and what have you, we've been looking for things to watch. And we started watching it. And we watch a couple of episodes each evening. They're short, sharp and very funny, some of them. But it's these, for me, it's the executive assistants that really stand out because all of those big decision makers couldn't make any of those decisions. Their executive yeah. assistants are like mind readers. They appear before they're needed and they always have the right document. I mean, I'm sure it's a bit exaggerated, but you really get the sense. And in the episode, what, what you were talking about there about your effectively institutionalized executive assistant or personal assistant who's worked forever in, as an employee yeah. and not having the confidence to go out, go it alone. Yeah. So in the episode we watched last night, uh, one of the main characters, executive assistant, she kind of is a bit in love with him. It, it's quite clear that she's a, she, she's a bit in love with him, but she's very professional. She's, she's a lovely character. Um, and one of the other main characters, basically takes her to task and said he's not doing his best for you because if he was you would have outgrown this role already and you'd have moved up and on to something else and you could see the cogs in her mind going about oh actually she's right and yeah. you know what happens next is quite interesting and uh, it, it 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 kind of reminded me when you said about the work people executive assessments you, you've been in well anybody you've been employed for all those years no matter what you've done it's it's a huge mindset mindset it's huge and i mean assistants come to me and they're like oh, i want the business coach and i want to know how to build a business and i adapt my coaching it's very bespoke to what each specific client needs like it's a 12-week program we cover each each week is something new, but it's always adapted to what they need. And often there's more mindset work. And some of the results and things that my clients have said to me is like, oh, you know, the imposter syndrome that I had has gone mm. now. Or I was, an I was a confident executive assistant. Now I'm a confident business owner. That lady's got four clients. Um, um, another lady said, oh, um, I've been procrastinating on doing a video for months and I've got that done now. So it's amazing. Mm see the shift in the confidence in in these in these assistants because that's what I'm passionate about is showing them one they have a choice and two they are capable of so much we all are but our mind gets in the way our mind wants to keep us safe and it says oh no don't 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 do that don't make that change you know that's uncomfortable that's not familiar you don't want to do that mm -hmm. Just stay where you are. It's comfortable here. But it may, it may be comfortable, but it's, you know, you're not necessarily happy. Yeah. When we get to a point where there's so much pain, like the pain outweighs the pleasure, 
like a client I met at the PA show in February just before our lock, first lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame we didn't bump into each other. I was speaking at the PA show. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I missed you. Well, hopefully next time we are able to do it in person, I will see you speak. Um, but yeah, she was, um, she was on, a, on a stand and I was chatting to her. I didn't even know her. And we'd had a few conversations back and forth. And she initially came to me and said, look, I know what I'm doing. I know how to build my business. I was like, okay. And she said, I just need, you know, some help with confidence around public speaking because I'm, you know, I might have to do a bit of, you know, talks and stuff. I was like, yep, I can help you with that. And then we had a call, I think it was October, November. And she was just in a place where there was so much pain. She was like, I'm miserable. I'm working all the hours. I'm not happy. I'm not feeling this. I'm feeling that. I want to change this. I went, okay, what is your vision of the future? Well, you know, what do you want your life to look like in a year from now if you had a successful virtual assistant business? How will it affect others? What will your ideal day look like? And what would be the consequences if you didn't take action? So we went through all of that and got a clear on her vision, went through my program and she went, right, I'm signing up. I, I don't <laughs> want to feel like this anymore. And it's because we, you know, we get to a point where we feel like we just cannot go forward. But it, sometimes, sometimes clients aren't ready to make that step. And that's yeah. fine. That's fine. I'm there for them when they are. But it is. As you said earlier, Shelley, it is something really scary. Um, and just to give you a little, um, your audience, a little understanding of how I made the shift, because it wasn't in the traditional way. And I think you know what happened mm-hmm. with my website. I um, decided at the end of January 2017 to start building the coaching business had no idea what I was doing. None. <laughs> and so much has changed, right? And, um, you know, did a little online course with a coach for coaches, got a few leads in. And then I had a serious mountain bike accident, which literally, literally propelled me out of corporate. I came flying off my bike at a very fast speed. Um, I had a serious accident with my left leg. And I had a choice. It comes back to what Joe says about choice. I had a choice when I was well enough and when the health insurance stopped, did I go back and give up the business or build it from a full-time job or did I just continue? And I chose to continue. I had part-time jobs. I'm a Reiki master. I I did that at my local cancer center. I worked part-time in a bar, but I had a why. Like I don't want to do all the part-time jobs, but I'm full-time in my business now. I have amazing clients, but I didn't leave the nine to five in a traditional way I kind of went through all of the emotions all at once. It was very scary and I mm. wasn't prepared, but I said, yes, you know, I made it a non-negotiable for my business to be a success. And I have my own coaches as well. I work with seven bigger coaches on the West coast of America um, uh, in a group coaching program. So I have lots of support, but it can be scary. But let me ask you a question or your audience a question. What's more scary staying where you are for another 5, 10, 15, 20 years or taking a risk because that risk could give yeah. you something that you had never imagined that could yeah. be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Totally, totally agree with that. Um, that. There have been points in my journey from sort of V8 to now where I felt quite stuck and not able to move forward and and sometimes it's because you are so close to what you do you don't see the wood for the trees and and the way out is there and sometimes the way out is quite quite obvious but it takes a conversation whether that's a program of coaching whether it's a power hour with somebody or whether it is a cup of coffee and I'll tell you what did it for me the first time I got into this funk I had a cup of coffee with another VA who started the similar sort of time to me and we just met up, we had coffee and both of us had this download of all the issues that were going on for us in our businesses and the questions we had and we sat and listened to each other and she suddenly said to me, she said, but why are you doing something you don't like? And I had not seen that it was as simple as that question. Yeah. And and sometimes it does take somebody who is outside of you, yeah. outside of your business, and with all due respect, don't ask your mum or your sister because they really love you and they're just going to tell you you're amazing. You need somebody who's going to be kindly brutal 
and who will tell you what's what, you know? Um, so it it is important sometimes to take that. And a coach might be the right an answer for you. And, you know, I, since that point, I've worked with coaches as well. And that's what's helped me to come to the point that I'm at now. You know, and I know Shelley's mentioned working with coaches a number of times. It's it, it, it's a massive investment into your business, but it can take you forward in so many ways. This is what I say to my clients when we have that initial call, is that, you know, because money always comes up, I don't have enough, I don't have the money. But in all honesty, that is an excuse. I did a, a podcast with my coach, um, Emily Williams from I Heart My Life um, before Christmas it just got released about you know why people say I don't have the money and how to deal with that excuse it's never about the money it's about like what happens if I take this action like fear of failure will it work for me am I safe um, there's definitely so much there but I think just asking questions or just talking to someone that doesn't know you that's quite impartial and I've even found some clients have said Oh, just having someone that listened to me was was really helpful. Even if I said nothing for the first 10 minutes, that they, they found it really helpful just to sort of express how they were feeling to yes. an impartial person. And it makes such a difference. Obviously, there's coaching as well, but yeah. that's the feedback that I've had. But sometimes we have the answer within us and we don't see it. And sometimes all we need to do is talk it out. Yeah. And how often have I know myself, I've started, my husband's an accountant and um, case in point today at lunch, over lunch, another VA um, who I know um, posted a question in a group and I knew the answer. Well, I thought I knew the answer and I gave her the answer that I thought. And then over lunch, I said to David, I got this really interesting question and this is what I said and we were talking and he said no that doesn't work I said what do you mean it doesn't work anyway so we looked at it and yeah he was right and then I've come up with the right solution but sometimes you 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 know the solution it's only when you're having a conversation with somebody that you realize that you have the solution within you all yeah. the time yeah I agree um and I think sometimes we can get frustrated and we know we we can't see what's in front of us and it it helps having an external person asking us open yeah. questions to get us to think in a different way um i recently worked with one of my clients and we were focusing on her niche and i broke it down i broke it down and and she sent me a message in slack that's why um yeah. all my clients have access to me um private slack channels and she said oh i can't believe i'm such an idiot i didn't think of this before i was like firstly do not call yourself an idiot on my watch you are not i will not tolerate that because you are amazing you are powerful um but it was just such an obvious thing for her, for her niche. And she just hadn't seen it by just asking a few questions and just, you know, I, she said, oh, do that exercise again. I was like, what exercise? I, I just ask questions. I, I work intuitively. But yeah, we often know the answers, but sometimes, sometimes we're not ready for them or sometimes mm. just, yeah, we just, sometimes we're just not ready for them or we just need someone else to help get them out um, and just feel supported. It's one of the things my clients say a lot. Yeah, yeah. So feeling supported is is really important. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Because running a business is a lonely job, and yeah. uh, you you yeah. definitely need some kind of support along the way. Um, yeah. Whether that's a supportive family member, a virtual assistant yourself, um, or a coach, or yeah. or three. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my advice would be definitely have some confidants, um, some people that are, are friends, but also fellow business owners, whether they're VAs or similar role. Like I have a couple of friends, one's an EA, but she's building a healing business. So she's a few steps behind me and we support each other. Um, another friend, she is a coach for women who are coming out of narcissistic relationships. So we share ideas, but it's it's great because you can talk to someone that kind of gets it. Yes. You know, it, it's very different to being an employee and there's different struggles. There's always going to be struggles in, in, in work, whether it's an, as an employee or a business owner, but just surrounding yourself with a handful of like-minded people is definitely like a key step. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say definitely get a business coach or, or a mentor at the very least, someone that's going to help you, guide you, because you're only going to get so far by reading books and doing online courses. Yeah. 
one of the things that um, I've spoken to one of my prospects about is, you know, the fact that she needed accountability. She's worked with, um, on, she's on online courses before, and the missing piece for her was the accountability. And there's the lack of confidence. So accountability is huge. And having someone that you can talk to about what you're doing, someone that's very like-minded, it really helps you just be able to share how you're feeling. Because you you want to talk to someone that gets it, that really gets what you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Totally, totally with you on that. Uh, I'm part of a community of course creators, online course creators, and we're all doing different kinds of courses, but we're all recording stuff. So we're all about tips for how to record this or best lighting or best green screen or microphone or or whatever it might be. Uh, And I just put a post in the group this morning. I recorded a video, a lesson. It was six minutes long, but by the time I'd edited it, and got it to where I want, it took me the whole morning. So the next lesson I recorded was four minutes long and basically took me 10 minutes to edit. So sometimes it takes you a long time and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, And because you're with like-minded people, you can put in saying, I just said facetiously, oh, six minutes of video, one morning gone. Uh, And they all chipped in and said, yeah, I feel your pain, me too. It's really important to have those like-minded people yeah i'm curious to to know more about that online course um i don't know whether it's a facebook group because i'm looking to do some online courses this year i'm creating a mini course so i'm obviously working with my coaches but it is it's surrounding yourself with people that get what you're going through i've been there i get it this is what happened to me sharing stories yeah you you don't have to it doesn't have to be as lonely as you think it might be i mean yes it's more challenging during lockdown times and we are in challenging times but it doesn't have to be as lonely you know as you may think when we're in a normal circumstances some people like to do co-working or work in cafes I myself don't work very well background noise I have to work at home on my own no music on but it's understanding your working style yeah. understanding if you work better in the morning you know mid-afternoon you know evening night do you work better on your own you work better when there's background noise and people around you so you know what's right for you but yeah identifying that and then find an environment that supports you with that it is definitely going to help you yeah definitely definitely well Susie this has been a fascinating interview and I think our listeners are going to have loads of things to think about Uh, and any executive assistants out there if you are listening and you want to chat to Susie all her contact details will be on the web page that goes with this episode of the podcast and uh, and um, if you follow Susie on social media you'll find her on LinkedIn and also um, on Facebook as well aren't you yeah and I've seen my time on LinkedIn but I do have a Facebook page I've got a new website coming out I'm hoping to get it done by the end of January um but we shall see um if not it will be in February but it's coming and I'm really excited about that it's very exciting when those things happen so thank you very much for those top tips I think it was a stupendously useful interview thoroughly enjoyed chatting any last things you want to add Joe? no fabulous thank you what a great session today thank you so much and happy new year to both of you and it's a pleasure to talk and and just share my knowledge and if this just inspires one assistant then then i'm i'm more than happy i just it's just great to sort of share what we know and our experience our knowledge um our stories with the world because you know we get to inspire people by doing this yeah absolutely totally okay well thank you very much brilliant thank you shelly thank you joe Okay, listeners, welcome back. Joe and I are just having a giggle because I nearly pressed mute instead of record. So even technical people make mistakes. <laughs> just just uh, nobody is perfect. I'm definitely not perfect. So Joe, that interview with Susie was fascinating, wasn't it? I, 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 I'm fascinated by her story and the catalyst to her leaving her role as an, as an executive assistant and, and then ending up coaching other people how to be virtual assistants so what's your take on all of that it's amazing to think that Susie was talking about at one point feeling so down because she you know she does appear so confident and she is you know is so energetic and enthusiastic and passionate about 
what she does, who she works for. And, you know, you get the sense that she really helps people to achieve their goals. Um, really, really fascinating story. Yeah, absolutely. So, Joe, that actually made me think of something. So, so what do you do? So let's say you've got a day where you're feeling really kind of sitting there looking at your inbox, looking at your list of jo- your to do list, which may not be in your inbox, it might be on a piece of paper, it could yeah. be, or, or wherever it might be. And uh, you're sitting there looking at it. And you're just feeling a bit there, a bit meh. You're not in the zone. You don't really feel like you, you're sitting there and you're like, what am I doing today? I haven't got any confidence. And when you don't have any confidence, it makes you question everything that you do because you think people are not going to believe yeah. you. They're not going to be listening to you. They're not going to yeah. take your advice. They're not going to give you any more work, all those things. So how do you cope with a day when you feel like that? Because we all have them. Yeah, we, we all do. Um, if, if there are things in my diary that I can shift, so for example, um, if it's a case of just cleaning out my inbox, um, I can park that. I can sit on the, the sofa later in the evening and do that. And I just literally step away from my laptop. It could be that some days I go for a walk in the fresh air and that makes a huge, huge difference. And especially at the moment, Shelley, we're all under lockdown. So we're not leaving our homes as much as we used to for networking and all of those things. And I'm finding that there are more days in this lockdown than there were in the previous one, where you just feel a bit, oh, God, not my office again. Get the dog, walk up round the block, um, go to the park, do a 5K, you know, or whatever it is that fresh air and that, you know, just invigorates you a little bit more and you come back to your desk and you're feeling a little bit more positive. Um, Although I have been known to go and, you know, do ironing on a really dull day when you want something (laughs) just completely different from whether it's, you know, your inbox or the blogs or the website or whatever it is, even something as dull, and, and I wouldn't recommend ironing to anybody, but <laughs> there are those days where that, it, it's the, it, it's almost like a mind-numbing, just do it by rote, so you're not focused, you're not, and you don't have to be um, feeling stressed over that, because it's just something away from the difference, and I find that helps me. Yeah, I think I think that's good advice. And, and sort of the work that I do, unless I'm running a face to face training course, um, virtually, of course, now mm-hmm. the virtual life training or VLT, as we now call it, um, or we're recording a podcast like this or mm-hmm. an intro or ending, then most of the stuff that I do actually is well apart from proposals and things like that it's not time critical so Mm. if I'm having one of those days I can afford to walk away for an hour and do something else I don't tend to do that I'm one of those people that tends to power on through Mm. which is not always the answer and I'll tell you a funny story about why always powering through isn't the right answer so one of the um, companies or organizations that I used to work with I worked with them from 2002 until 2019 actually uh, when we came to Israel so uh, that's a very long-standing relationship with a client and we did lots of Microsoft Office training for them and when we were first there there was a a lovely, lovely guy, an IT director. He was the person that brought us in and his name was Trevor. He's probably still named still is Trevor. Anyway, Trevor. So Trevor once told me this story about a place that he'd worked at beforehand. He asked me to put together a short guide to email etiquette for their organization, things to do, not things not more things not to do than things to do and one of the things he really wanted people to understand was when not to send an email because in email there is no tone of voice so if you imagine if you're having a face-to-face conversation like we are over zoom or on the phone or in person you can see and hear the other person you can either hear them or see them or both and so when they say something, you can get really, you really understand what it is they're trying to say. When you write that, whatever it was you might have said in an email, often we couch it in slightly more formal language than we would have used if we were speaking. 
And the person reading it just reads it and they impose on it whatever voice is in their own head. So if they're having a bad day, they will read it in a bad way or a slightly less good way. So what happened? What's the story? The place that Trevor had worked before was a big software company, um, sales company, and he was in IT, but they had a sales guy who was the best salesman. And he would go out and take clients out to lunch. They'd have a long three-hour boozy lunch. He'd get totally sloshed, but he'd always close the deal. So they said to him, we don't care that you're out of the office on a boozy three-hour lunch. Don't come to the office after your boozy three-hour lunch. Take the rest of the afternoon off. You just closed a thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds worth of deal. Um, and some of the time he adhered to that. But this one particular day, he came back to the office completely sloshed and landed in his inbox an email from the director's. So this was like the top level. And he didn't agree with what the person who sent it had said. And he did reply all. Never do reply all unless you're absolutely sure. That's my top tip. Anyway, he did reply all. And he just blasted off whatever he was thinking at the time. I can imagine sloshed after a three-hour lunch, having closed a big deal. Needless to say, he didn't work there very much longer. Uh, And But the the sting in the tail was the company went public about uh, not long after that. And had he have not done that and had he have still been there, he would have been very well looked after. So remember, listeners, when you're reading email, try to read it with the voice of the person who sent it to you, not whatever is going on in your own head at the time. Oh, Um, absolutely. Yeah, it's such an easy thing to do, to to read it and think, oh, they're saying I'm rubbish. Oh, they don't like what I'm doing. And they might not be saying that at all. It might just be constructive criticism that you need to hear uh, sometimes. Sometimes, no. Sometimes you might be right reading it that way. Um, But take a step back and have a think. So, uh, So I try sometimes not to power through, but that is kind of my default. I'm afraid. But even so, um, if I do step away, I'll do something. I'll go read a book or watch something or maybe play Candy Crush for half an hour. Or um, your jigsaws. Or my jigsaws, yeah, because that's kind of you don't have to think. Um, yes. I think your point about doing something that doesn't engage brain power is a very good thing because it, it lets you rest your brain so that when you yeah. come back to whatever it is you have to think about – you're in a better place to do that. So it's, it, it's just a way of refreshing. Something else I do is go and cook. Even if it's just throwing a load of stuff in the, the slow cooker for a casserole or something, you know, it, it, it's just something that takes you away from whatever it is that's causing you to have that fog. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, and and we all have those days. Yeah, and sometimes there is no choice but to work through. Excuse me, because what you're working on demands that you deal with it now. Um, But you can take five minutes and step away walk around your um we live in an apartment i could go do a, a round of the apartment walk around yeah. you know walk to the balcony walk back again um at least step away and get get some movement into your yeah. into yourself as well because all of that will get the brain going will get the blood flowing yeah. and will help and drink water drink lots of water yeah. Or, or tea. yeah go me one of the things that you know i've seen um recently and i can't think where but you know, when you go make yourself a cup of tea, instead of standing there sort of thinking about the fog while you're looking at the kettle, just do a few squats or, you know, some star jumps or something. And again, that gets the blood moving and the oxygen moving, I, I, you know. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't advocate that these will be miracle workers. But- <laughs> No, but they might help. That might help. Yeah. And we'll take anything that helps, won't we? We'll yeah, do it. Absolutely. And there are days when chocolate cake is the only thing that helps. Or chocolate. Or chocolate. Chocolate. Or chocolate. Rather, for me, it's chocolate rather than chocolate cake. Um, yes. Although my favorite cake is cheesecake. And yesterday was oh, my nice. birthday. So my husband bought me uh, an individual cheesecake because I didn't have the ingredients to make a cheesecake. I make a mean cheesecake. 
but I didn't have the ingredients. And also, I'm one of those people um, that will eat cheesecake. So I will eat it till it's finished. I won't eat it in one sitting. Um, but if I had it for tea, like at tea time, I'd then have it for breakfast the next day instead of my breakfast. And then I might have a piece <sighs> later on. So I try, I only actually make cheesecake once a year um, because it is the thing that I will go and eat. I don't eat other cakes. I can have another. I, and as you know, Joe, I do bake a lot. And uh, if I have any other cake lying around, it's very rare for me to actually go and cut myself a slice yeah. of cake. If I do, it means I'm having a really bad day, a yeah. really bad day, or I'm really tired, um, which is kind of, it's not an answer to eat cake, but that's that's the only time when I will ch- just go and have a piece of cake in the middle of the day at any point, like morning or afternoon. Yeah. But if it's cheesecake, I can't resist it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. so it was very nice. I got my own mini individual cheesecake, which was exactly the right amount. I didn't have to eat any more. And it was very nice. So, so that was lovely. That was lovely. Okay, listeners, we've waffled on for you enough. Let me, uh, let me remind you that you can get in touch with either Joe or myself. Joe is joe at jlbbusinessconsulting.co.uk. I am Shelley at tomorrowsva.com. Virtually Amazing has a Facebook page at Virtually Amazing on Facebook. And we'd love to hear from you. We love hearing from our listeners. What do you enjoy listening to? Who would you like us to interview? What topics um, have been helpful? What would you like to hear more of? We'd love to know all of that. So do drop us a line in any of those methods. Uh, And as I said in the introduction, uh, when we were talking before, we actually have episodes now, we we will have episodes recorded that will take us up to June of 2021, which is phenomenal. So once again, listeners, thank you for sticking with us. And we'll see you next week. You have been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We will be back with you again next week with yet another amazing episode. See you then.